0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrup and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalau, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives, recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional
1: sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Going all right, Graham. Um, not much of a week in Atlanta sports. Not a lot going on. Not really. No. Um, we're we're in the middle of watching some of this NFL playoffs right now, which has been terrible. Yeah. A lot, At least a lot of team. I feel better every time a team loses. I'm like, yeah, now they're in the same boat as the Falcons. Yeah. Makes you feel a little better about yourselves, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, it's been some bad games.
0: Bad yeah, games. it's been brutal. I hope the Saints-Eagles game is good, but this Patriots-Chargers game is just the
1: worst. The yeah. Chiefs game yesterday sucked. Yeah, we generally strictly pull for land of professional sports, obviously. But uh, Graham and I are big Eagles fans. Which is still kind of after- hard because they beat us last year, so it's, it's hard to pull for them. But – I'd rather them win than those damn saints. My uh, Lyft driver on the way over here was a... I was talking about this whole game this afternoon and how much I hate, I think I said, those damn saints. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's like, well, what's wrong with them? I was like, oh, you know, they're going to come into our city and just be, who dat, who dad, who dat, and just run around being obnoxious. I was like, I, I don't need that in my life. Yeah. And turns out she was from New Orleans, of course. And she's like, oh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. that sounds <laughs> yeah. be a wonderful time. I was like, you know, I mean, it's just... A classic rivalry. If we hate them, they hate us. I mean, I'll probably be cordial if I see them, but even on the street today, I saw a guy wearing a Saints hat, and I was kind of just staring bullets into him. Yeah, I saw a guy wearing a Saints shirt and a
0: Kroger. I was like, you motherfucker.
1: <laughs>
0: Get out of my city, I, I, I kinda, sir. I kind of wanted to run into him my shopping cart, but I decided not to.
1: That, that would have showed him, Graham.
0: Yeah, I don't think we'd be recording today if that was the case. Yeah. We got my lights punched out or something. I was squealed, and that would have been all she wrote. That would be fitting, though. Yeah. For, I mean, that'd be a story for life. That'd be true to Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Trying to call out a Saints fan, trying to beat a Saints fan at something, and then up getting your ass kicked. Can't even do that. No. Uh, I guess we'll jump into the Falcons news, since they once again are the, the uh, organization making waves right now for the most part. is uh, Dirk Cutter was officially hired as the offensive coordinator. Mike Malarkey was brought in as the tight ends coach. Jim Mora, Jr., was hired as special assistant to Dan Quinn
1: uh, no he wasn't. in the
0: front office, and Rich McKay was reinstated as a general manager. Mike Smith is now a special teams coordinator <laughs> slash defensive coordinator. Uh, no, the, the most of that was – About uh, 40% of that was true. Yeah, so really only Dirk Cutter <clears throat> is back as a coordinator and Mike Malarkey is the Titans coach. Um, two former Falcons offensive coordinators. Uh Mora, who knows where he is. Mike Smith is probably going to be an unemployed for the rest of his life. Uh, yeah, so that, that was the big news.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of like we said last week about, Cur- Curter, Curter. about Cutter, um, I think it's a fine hire. I'm not ecstatic about it. It definitely kind of feels like we're kind of grasping at the past here to try to get this thing done. But I guess the general idea is this team's close. We want a veteran with head coaching experience to run the offense especially with coach Bro being on the defense and Matt Ryan has a relationship with him already should be able to just plug him in pretty easily and Get after it.
0: Yeah, I know Quinn has said that familiarity with Matt Ryan isn't a big deal, but you've got to wonder if in the back of his mind, seeing how those first two years went with uh, Shanahan and Sarkeesian respectively, if he wasn't thinking, might as well get someone in here who knows Matt so we don't fall into that trap again that first year, just for whatever reason, them not connecting.
1: Well, and Quinn just doesn't have the job security now to, like, he has to win this year. I think if if he has a losing season this year. He's got to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy after just one, losing, but once losing season. But I just think the way we lost this year definitely speaks so much to him. So his his leash is infinitely shorter. Well, yeah,
0: and, and he and he shortened that leash even more, I think, by firing all those coordinators. I mean, like we talked about last week on the show, that's a reflection on him. If he thought that these were the wrong guys to continue going forward with, getting rid of. I had never seen a team get rid of all of their coordinators, the big three coordinators, and then retain the head coach before. I'm sure that's happened before, but it's very rare. Usually when more than one coordinator is fired, it's like the house is being cleaned. Yeah. So, Ola, Keith Armstrong
1: got hired already. Oh, did he? He's down in Tampa. Special teams? Yep. Yep, he's down there. And uh, apparently the Cardinals are interested in talking to Sark.
0: Godspeed, Spider-Man. Yep. Um, but yeah, I wasn't really too happy or... it's a very neutral reaction I had to this hiring And it was interesting, too, because Dan Quinn was talking a lot about how he wants balance on the offense. And I think we both know that Dirk Cutter, throughout his entire career, whether he's a head coach or a coordinator, for the most part, especially in the last, I don't know, six, seven years, has leaned more heavily towards the passing game. I don't know how much of that is reflected on his personnel. I mean, when he got here, Michael Turner was becoming a shell of himself. But um, he's much more of a pass-oriented coordinator. Slash coach than a run coordinator. I mean, I think you have some great stats there on, on, uh, on his track record last year in terms of the passing offense, because he also called the plays for the Tampa Bay last season. So,
1: yeah, l- last year they were first in passing yardage, like 320 yards a game, um, fourth in points scored, but then 29th in rushing. And like you said, that could be personnel yeah. there. I mean, I don't even know who the hell the Bucks are running out there anymore, running back. I don't know either. Some loser, it, obviously. It ain't Doug Martin. No. Nope. But, um,
0: it, yeah, and so that makes me wonder if he's able to – that makes me wonder if he's going to be able to find that balance here. Um, and I'm also not too well, enthused by this this passing – uh, acumen that he has because it's like I could go out there blindfolded and, and say Matt, let's just get the ball to target Julio at least twelve times, run when we need to, and we'd still have a top ten offense. So it's like I'm not really too
1: concerned with that. You got to think. I mean, on on the positive side, so he did that with the passing offense with a combination of Jameis Winston and Fitz Magic baby, right? Um, so for him to have Matt and Julio, a complete top, I mean, a top five quarterback yeah. again. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's got to be licking his chops. Yeah. No, for sure. And
0: I don't think this is something where we're going to unleash the full power of the offense, but I think he has familiarity with everybody, with, with his receiver, the top receiver, and the quarterback, which is good. I'm more interested in knowing how he's going to employ his offensive strategy with the set strategy that the Falcons have. Will there actually be leeway, even though Dan Quinn says there won't be? in terms of we have to run this West Coast thing. Because Cutter's offense wasn't a West Coast thing. So is he going to come in and have to utilize the Falcons' playbook, like Dan Quinn's insane saying, or is there going to be a sort of mean of the minds, sort of some compromise there? Because I wonder how well he's going to be able to adjust to, to that West Coast offense.
1: Not that it's radically different from what he does, but it's different enough. And um, I think they probably learned a lesson with Sarkeesian that it's not that simple to just say... But that's what Quinn was saying in the press conference, which leads me to think we're going to go down the same path that we went down. It's going to be – it
0: probably won't be as bad because Stark never called a play in his life on the NFL, in the NFL, but it still gives me cause for pause. It feels like a, a repeat of the same mistake. Maybe,
1: but, I mean, our offense – I mean, we had, I think, the 10th ranked offense in the league this year, so it's not like we were terrible, but it was no. just – what did Sarkin was scoring less than 20 points in each of those five games that we lost. That we really needed to win. Um, so overall, I mean, the offense was good, but you just can't have that long stretch of ineptitude.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And something was definitely wrong there. And you'd like to think that with Cutter, we'll be more consistent offense. Maybe we won't put up, you know, a bunch of games where we're scoring 35 points, but we also hopefully won't be going through a four or five game stretch where we only put up like 16 points. So that's what I'm really looking for from him is can we, you know, can we get to a point where we are a more consistent offense and won't we'll go through these lulls of just bullshit where nothing's going on. I think also getting a healthy Devontae Freeman back will help if he is healthy. I mean, that's a big if you can put an asterisk next to that, but I think that's gonna help. Hopefully we're able to strengthen the the, the guard position and be able to come back with a fully-fledged ready to go offense. Calvin Ridley is going to be you know, another year older, so he's going to hopefully get better coming off a of 10-touchdown season. He did hit a little bit of a wall there and uh, in sort of the latter part of the season, but he still had a nice rookie season. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, you know, you're getting from him. We have all the pieces. Hooper made a lot of strides this year, which I think sort of went under the radar, which was unfortunate. But, I mean, I thought he looked really good, so it's like, Got to put it together. We just need some help on the offensive line. Got to hope that Devontae's healthy. Those are the two big things. Couldn't have said it better myself, Graham. Hopefully everything just sort of takes care of itself from there. Um,
1: Malarkey is a tight ends coach. I'm not really too... That's kind of strange on Malarkey that he goes from head coach to tight ends coach. I guess his stock's really fallen. I I suppose. I suppose. But I'm not really upset with that.
0: Um, And maybe he's coming in to kind of take over the play clock a little bit maybe that's part of that role as well, well they hired some actually they promoted someone from the offensive uh line personnel coaches i believe to manage uh the clock uh timeouts replays jake flood um to do that so there's a new position strictly dedicated for this guy to go so jake flood he's going to take over the, the the role of sort of being kind of a Kind of like a semi-head coach in the sense that he's making a lot of big strategic decisions.
1: So because our offensive line was so good this year, they felt the need to promote Mr. Flood. Yeah. Obviously he did a hell of a job with that unit. Or maybe so. that was just a way to get him away from the offensive line. Maybe.
0: And then you got to think about that because I know nothing about this guy. No one knows anything about this guy unless you're like in the um, – unless you really are close to the Falcons. Um, unless you're close to the people at Flowery Branch you don't know no shit about this or guy. Or if you like grew up with Mr. Flood or right. something like that. right. So it's sort of like – What's going to happen there? Is he going to make the right decisions? He's going to make the right calls. maybe Who knows what his background is with this? Why is it him? Why is it not someone else? I'm not saying he's the wrong pick, but it's like
1: we have no context to have an opinion on this. I I think maybe he's just somebody that can do basic math, which is pretty much all it takes. That's an improvement over uh, Coach Quinn, obviously. So um, as long as the guy could crunch some numbers on the fly. Yeah. I believe in Mr. Flood. I'm still
0: concerned with Dan Quinn overall with what he's going to have to do because if we get in a scenario again where we're in a tight game situation, will he have the balls to, you know, overrule people when they're wrong? Which hasn't been the case so far, what we've seen in terms of decisions on the offense, especially. Um, going back to the Super Bowl, even after that, a little bit with Sarkeesian, you know, in that rookie year, where are we calling a jet sweep at the one-yard line? You know, shit like that. Why can't he just step in and be like, hey, not a good call. Yeah. Not a good call. And I'm still really concerned about that and of him having – it's weird, too, because I kind of like that he's acknowledged that he's a shit game manager and has actually brought someone to specialize in that. I think that's good to recognize, which I haven't seen from him before. Adaptability is not one of his strong suits to me. Recognizing the faults and filling the hole with someone who can, you know, do a better job than him potentially there. But I still wonder from a head coaching position, is, does that leave, like, a void? Is there, like, still, like, a void there? Because it's like you have this flood guy in this role, which should be the head coach's job. You have Dan Quinn – as a defensive coordinator, and it's sort of like, and then you got um, Cutter as the offensive coordinator, but it, it still feels like I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to describe. There's like this incompletion there in terms of the autonomous voice. And I think you need to have collaboration, but I also want a hierarchy. Right. And I'm concerned that with with Quinn's lack of of sort of taking the ownership of the team and being able to say no, we shouldn't do that, and sort of just letting everybody do their own thing. It just concerns me still. I don't know if that makes You're sense. There's a
1: few too many. Uh Cooks in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I kind of like that he's got this game manager. I just don't know what it does for the overall team and like in terms of what he's trying to cultivate. I don't know if I'm even making sense at this point, but it's like vaguely. But it just feels like he's giving up too much control. But simultaneously, I like that he's doing that, but also makes me think that there's no like. I mean, he's admitting he has a weakness. Yeah, which is a good thing. But there's no like voice there to say he's still when someone makes a bad decision, he's not there to say. Hey. Why is he not there? Well, he's, but, he, but I'm just saying he's going to be focusing on the defense because he's now the coordinator.
1: Well, think about it this way. What we were doing wasn't working, so we're trying something new. Yeah, so. and, I, and I
0: appreciate, like I said, I appreciate that we have somebody coming in there. To but be you're managed. concerned.
1: But I'm still concerned. You're
0: concerned. I'm still concerned about his overall role as the head coach and what that actually means. And will that bite us in the ass somehow? I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping for straws here, but it just kind of. It concerns you. It concerns me. It concerns me. Because now I feel like he's just a glorified coordinator. I don't really feel like he's a head coach. Like I said, he does shit throughout the week that makes him a head coach. Like what? What do you think? He just sits on his ass all week? Well, I'm talking about now. I'm talking about what is he doing now? Right now? Not right now. I'm just saying like when we're going into the season, how much of his time is going to be split between really being the guy who's calling the the plays on defense and doing all the strategy there, and then who's going to like, you know, be the figurehead of, of the team? Who is that guy? Is it still him? On paper, yes, because he's still a head coach. But how much time is he going to be able to devote to that? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm making fucking sense.
1: Like I feel like I'm sort of rambling. You like, are. Big time ramble. Uh, but it, it reminds me of... So the great the the best non-Atlanta sports news of the week was Clemson Tigers. Oh, yeah. Your alma mater winning be, the championship. Beating the shit out of Alabama. Yeah. Um, Not even a game. And they were talking about Dabo. I can't remember who it was, but talk about just... Dabo. Dabo's just such a great head coach because... He recognizes the fact that he has great coordinators and basically brags about the fact that Dabo himself doesn't have to make any in-game adjustments because it's all on his coordinators. Right. And, I mean, he hired the right guys and lets them do their job. Right. But he is still the figurehead of the program, obviously. Sure. But that is the but thing. But he's trusting those guys
0: to do their job. Right. But he is in more of a position to be a little more hands-off, but probably do things in other areas where the coordinators can't do it. Dan Quinn, on the other hand, I don't know. It's very different because all his coordinators that he's hired are fired. Every single one of them is gone. So we got a guy that was a head coach. and Who's now. a bad head coach, who's been a decent coordinator throughout his career. And I'm okay with and it. And him. And so it's just sort of like, I don't know. You're concerned. I'm concerned. I still don't think Dan Quinn's the answer as their head coach. The more I really think about his his strategy, his decision-making, I am interested to see what, with the addition of a game day manager, what that does. Will that actually help? What, is that guy the right hire? I also want to know, yeah. I also want to know, do we think we made the, the right decision with Cutter? Should we have waited for the playoffs to end? Should we have interviewed other people? It was a very fast decision. It was a very quick turnaround time. It was within, within two weeks, I think.
1: So, yeah, they said they had a couple other guys they were looking at, but I don't I don't know if there was anyone in the playoffs anymore that yeah. they were looking at. And Kubiak was blocked. The Falcons did try to interview Kubiak, but Denver blocked him. Yeah, all. we were a day late on that last podcast putting that out. Yeah, and he
0: is apparently going to be the new Broncos offensive coordinator. So he was in the front office. Now he's the new offensive coordinator. So um, It's a fine hire. Yeah, it'll probably be okay. It's I'm not probably, outside the box. I'm probably making a mountain out of a molehill. As you tend to do. Yeah. But I have I, have, I have PTSD, I have a track record with this team, and, you know, I have to... You're concerned. I am concerned. Um, it's the word of the day. Yeah. Big vocabulary word. What else is going on, Adam? There's not really much else happening with, uh,
1: with Atlanta sports. I know the Hawks are looking better. The Hawks are looking really good, actually. They just beat the um, 76ers at home, which is a team we lost by, like, 22 well at, at on the road we beat them in Philadelphia yeah. which is a team we lost by like 22 sure. and um, and it's great because we go back and forth about this whole winning thing mm-hmm. but a game like i think that was saturday night maybe yeah friday night something like that a game like that where we win with Trey Young like 17 and 9 uh John Collins hits the game winner and puts like another, another double 20 double. and 10 yeah and then Kevin Herder goes off for twenty nine points. Yeah, so that's our three young guys. Like that's what we're looking for. Like if they are playing well to win us games, great. Yeah, it's no- great to see. Like you can tell yep. Herder is just getting all the confidence in the world. I was listening to on uh, the Locked On Locked On Hawks podcast. Travis Schlenk came on there, and he was talking about Herder and uh, well, a the fact that we got him at nineteen, which is where we got. John Collins, Collins as nope. well. Uh, maybe we should try to get that 19th pick again this year. Seems to be magic. But um, he was talking about early in the year and, like, preseason, Herter just had zero confidence. Like, he was, he just looked scared out mm-hmm. there. And he's just, like, the last, like, month or so, he's just playing like a man possessed. And, it, like, dude, did you see some of those dunks he had? Yeah. No, he's he's an athlete. Yeah. He's a real athlete. And that shot, yeah, I think
0: Herter – has really come on as the season has progressed definitely and that shot that john collins made to win the game reminded me so much of anthony davis Mm. the defender was all over him it was a it was a fadeaway jumper from about 15 feet out on the baseline and it was just an exceptional shot that's the shot a superstar makes to win the game that was unfreaking believable the hawks that that just right there said everything i need to know about john collins even though he's been balling out like a beast the last ever since he's come back really the hawks i think are a little over 500 since he's come back or right right on the precipice yeah. of it and he is making such a difference but seeing him take that shot want that shot in the last seconds of the game to win it is was exceptional and I completely agree with you in the sense that, yeah, I want to lose more than I win so we can get a good draft position. But if we're seeing these guys actually win big games against quality opponents like the 76ers, you cannot complain about that because that shows you this is just the beginning. They're scratching the surface of their their potential. Think about the transition from John Collins from year one to year two. Year one, he was good. Year two, he's becoming great. He mm -hmm. deserves to be an all-star with the way he's playing right now. And I urge anyone who hasn't voted yet on NBA.com to vote for John Collins. I did it the other day. It, it, he is, And if you're not watching the Hawks, turn them on because this is an exciting team and it's great to get on the ground floor and watch them grow with no expectations for how the team's going to do the regular season, but expectations on how these three guys, Herder Young and Collins, are going to hopefully lead us back to prominence.
1: And we have other people, like we got Prince coming back um, this afternoon as well. Um, Spellman has been hurt but you know he he he's also a good talent so like yeah. this, there's a future with this team and uh Brad Roland asked Schlenk as well about the thing we hear all the time with the Luca that that whole trade yeah um mm-hmm. taking Trey Young and Schlenk recognizes like of course I hear it all the time and there's like a story about it every other day (laughs) but he's like but at the end of the day we feel good about it because we're all about adding assets and by getting Trey Young plus Dallas's pick which when they made the trade they were projecting it to be like an an eight Mm -hmm. now with the way Dallas is playing it's just up to nine so I mean he you could tell he was excited about the prospect of potentially having two top 10 picks yeah Um, which is great and Trey Young's perfectly fine player i mean he's got
0: detriments certainly but he's, but he's gonna get better he's gonna get better he's young and his 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 court vision as a rookie is already above average imagine how good it's going to be year two yeah. if he
1: continues on this 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 progression and it's like i was saying he's been impressed with his effort on defense as well he's still not a no good he, defensive player he's but trying yeah he's he's yeah. he's realizing the difference between college and pro ball and yeah he's putting the effort out there so he's a uh, he's still a fan yeah, and
0: I want to get back down to Phillips, man. I mean, I, I want to definitely see these State guys Farm. play again. Sorry, State Farm. Uh, I want to see these guys play again um, in person because they really get me excited just watching on TV and reading about it the next day. Um, I hope John Collins does the dunk contest this that'd year. That'd be great. You see that and one he had against the 76ers? No. He, like, got the ball, crossovered some loser, and then just dunked it over him and got the foul, too, and it was like, holy shit. I mean, is, this, the, is the real deal him and Trey Young are making plays this year I've never seen Hawks players make yeah. it before I mean they're, they're they're showing how talented they are and and Collins especially once he's returned Jesus I mm-hmm. mean imagine if he can just also get his three point shooting going a little bit more than he is which I mean, he's gotten better he's there. already gotten better I think he's like it's 35% like, yeah I mean it is a pleasure to watch him play I'm so impressed and I did not think I mean I watch a decent amount of ACC basketball just because I'm a North Carolina fan and Saw him at Wake Forest. I was like, yeah, he's fine. He's a solid player. Maybe he'll go pro. Be a second-round pick or something. Showing my ass, that's Mm -hmm. for sure. Yep. Got some
1: Legends news for you. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Please remind the the users about who the Legends are again. The Legends are our brand-new Atlanta football team in the alliance of American Legion <laughs> League, <laughs> something like that, Ooh. starts the week after the Super Bowl on CBS. That's Maybe a big have, deal. You know. yeah. So it, our, we lost our head coach, though, Brad Childress, the ex-Vikings coach. I thought he left. Yeah, he was quit. One of them. And then there were rumors that Vic quit, but that wasn't true. So now we don't have a head coach, but Vic's still there. That wouldn't be surprising if Mike Vic quit. And uh, so our first game we we're playing against the Steve Spurrier-led Spurrier's coaching him? Yeah. No, <laughs> he, he's coaching like some Orlando team. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Hell of a way to spend retirement. So I'm going to one of these damn games. At Turner, at Turner Field. Field. At Turner Field. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that'd be fun. We could do a proper
0: tailgate in the blue lot. Yeah. It'll be great. There'll be like 4,000 people there
1: maybe so you can get great seats. Yeah, if that. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. So that's the news there. Oh, <laughs> Brad Childress out. Head coach to be determined. We have no coach, and we're about a month out from the season. Solid. Looking good. Yeah. That's true to Atlanta right there. I'm going to get a Legends flag and put it on my Jesus. house, just like the United flags. Okay. Yeah. You'd
0: be happy to know, Adam, I thought about you the other day. I was walking. Uh, I was actually running yesterday, and uh, I saw I ran past this house, and house had a huge Falcons flag. It was like, I don't know, like 20 feet across or something, 30 feet across. It was huge. I was like, fuck yeah. Good for them. Yep. Uh, I feel like, that would, that, would, that, would, that would swell you with pride to know that there's a Falcons flag out there. Sticking to the roots. Amongst the sea of United United flags. Yeah. Got to represent. Not much going on with the Braves.
1: Yeah, really nothing.
0: Still all quiet on the eastern front. The southern front. Uh, not even really that many rumors. I mean, you still hear whispers of Real Muto and things like that, but it's there's no, there's nothing to really go off of except clickbait articles to say, oh, maybe there's some interest here.
1: Whatever. Just, uh, just need Bryce and Machado to sign somewhere. Yeah, apparently Harper is favored to go to the Phillies. So.
0: I had a weird dream last night that he signed with the Mets, and it was scary as shit. I thought it was real. Mm. And for some reason I was there at the press conference. I was like, why am I at the Mets press conference? Well, Your you're press. I guess, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm a media guy now. And there was Bryce Harper playing on a number 50 Mets jersey I don't know why I was number 50 But he was like Really excited
1: And he sounded like It was like 10 years 600 million And I was like Oh fuck So you'd have Bryce And right field And then when Tebow Gets called up this year He'll be in left Yeah Along with Robbie Cano Yeah That'd be nasty That'd be uh, weird I don't think That's gonna
0: happen But that was I don't know why I dreamed that It's not like I really looked at The main Bryce Harper. You know what's
1: rumors. funny though, That's probably how like Half of those rumors Get spread though Someone like, has a dream Like your dream rumor Is just as valid As half the bullshit That's out there Probably I
0: think that wraps up today's show. Uh, sorry for it being a struggle, but really blame the Braves for not making any moves and blame the Falcons for hiring a retread coordinator. Yeah, like, it's not our fault. No. And blame the, leg- the Legends for existing.
1: Right. Yeah. The Legends have been like a quarter of our content recently. I know, it's kind of pathetic. Wait till they actually start playing games, but support the Hawks. Yeah.
0: All right. That's the moral of this That's episode. That's the moral of this episode. Is Give the Hawks some Start the watching the Hawks again if you've, if you've fallen off the bandwagon yeah, a little bit. It's not even
1: the all-star break. You can get in now. It's oh, fine. yeah,
0: for sure. And then when we actually get good maybe next year or the year after, then you can be like, oh, I remember when we sucked, but we were, you know. I told you this wasn't a nine-win team, Graham. Yeah. They're they're better than that. What, they have won 13, 14 games, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So they're on pace for almost 30 wins. Yeah. Maybe you should have taken that bet in Vegas. Yep. Too late now. Well, thank you for listening. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta hospitality. Up. Hospitality.
1: Up.